Do the Chargers really want to go all in? All-pro linebacker Roquan Smith has requested a trade. Does Tom Telesco have another big swing on the defensive side in him? You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons now, but we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel, and you can also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But David Roquan Smith basically set Chargers Twitter on fire when he requested a trade from the Chicago Bears. So we have to start there. And if that makes any sense for him and Brandon Staley to reunite. But we're also going to talk about a couple of young corners stepping up or defensive backs, I should say, with Jasir Taylor getting a pick six off of Justin Herbert. And we have to talk about the unofficial depth chart that was released by the Chargers and tell you why you shouldn't be freaking out, but also tell you where they got it the most wrong. David, it starts with Roquan Smith, though, and that is something that's obviously enticing because obviously the Chargers made a bunch of big moves defensively. One of their weak spots, I think one of the areas they have the biggest question marks for sure is that linebacker. Now Roquan Smith becomes available, and it's not hard to see why that should interest the Chargers because of obviously where it could take this defense. Yeah, I mean, right now you look at the the linebacker position, and it's one of the position groups uh, on the Chargers defense that looks very very worrisome at the moment you got several injuries in that group right now Kenneth Murray has been on the pup list Drew Tranquil has been nursing an injury they've had several guys that have been having some issues in that room and so when a guy uh, of this caliber uh, an all pro linebacker becomes available and there is some significant ties between the Chargers head coach Brandon Staley and Rokon Smith um, it's logical to put those things together and say, well, why don't the Chargers go out there and try to get Roquan Smith? Yeah, I mean, for sure. In a vacuum, you can add Roquan Smith, you're doing it, right? And like the biggest thing, the biggest catch is going to be the financial part of it. But just as far as what he would bring to the Chargers defense, I mean, you have elite playmakers on almost every position on defense. Oh, yeah. Edge rusher, safety, cornerback for sure. Defensive line, you've gotten much better, obviously. Linebacker. I mean, even when those guys were healthy, it was an uncertain position, right? You don't really know what to expect for Kenneth Murray. Kyle Van Noy, we felt like, was brought in to be more of an edge rusher, right? And he's kind of had to go to inside linebacker because of all the injuries that have happened there. And that's not a terrible thing. But now Drew Tranquil and all that stuff. But even with all those guys, Roquan Smith is a huge addition. This is a guy that's been, you know, in the last of the two top 10 lists done by ESPN asking coaches, executives, and players about who in the league should be ranked highly in the, you know, top 10. He's ranked fifth last year and sixth the year before. So he obviously has the respect of everyone around the league as one of the top linebackers. And the nice thing is how complete of a player he is. And that yeah. was echoed in those statements. There was someone in this year's ESPN article that said the best overall linebacker in football, in my opinion. Others might be slightly better in one of the four facets of the game, run game, pass coverage, blitzer, and leadership. But that kid is top four in every category. Also had the second most tackles for loss. In 2020, he had 18 tackles for loss in 2020, which is a ridiculous number. We know the Chargers could use a little bit more of that, and he's always near the top and run defense stops as well. 
it's interesting, David, because he obviously has the respect around the league. If you've got a pro football focus, it's not going to give you those same kind of results with it. But also, if you go there as well, I mean, you see that one of his best seasons was when he was in Vic Fangio's system, which was where he was drafted to be right in that system with the Chicago Bears. And that's when Brandon, Brandon Staley and him intersected. I mean, but he's just a guy that would take your team to the next level. But the real question is, though, is it feasible? Does it make sense for the Chargers to make a trade like this? Obviously, it would cost a lot of draft capital, and he wants a new contract to come with it as well. Yeah, I mean, Roquan Smith definitely has the pedigree. 120-plus tackles in three of his four seasons, 43 tackles for loss, 14 sacks, five interceptions. He has a very well-rounded, you know, stat sheet this guy that's filling up the stat sheet for sure yeah Yeah. he he does everything 163 tackles last season that's right yeah he's an absolute an animal he's a tackling machine now as far as you know is it feasible does it make sense i mean as a you know you know with you know just taking all the other aspects out of it of course it makes sense but can it be done um and looking at it this situation with the chargers i I don't think it's possible, unfortunately, here because of the Derwin James contract. They already have a player that they're trying to negotiate, probably making him one of the highest paid players at his position. And Roquan Smith wants a new contract. So that would be not only bringing in another player, but you're bringing in a player that wants to another big money deal. And the Chargers don't have the money to really move that around. They're already in negative cap space situation as the cap is projected right now for next year. And so I just don't see it being possible from that front. And also it just comes down to the very bare uh, point that the chargers just don't really in this defense, don't really value paying linebackers. They let Kaiser Kaiser white walk for pennies on the dollar. So that should give you the biggest indication of why I don't think this move is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you want for 4 million, right. And they signed drew or Troy reader for like two or something on those lines. So it's like, they don't value paying them. It's hard to imagine them valuing sending, you know, valuable draft assets for that, right? The Chargers probably wouldn't be guaranteeing the extension right away. So that makes them less likely in some sense to go to the Chargers. But the other part of it is if it was a rental, it would make a ton of sense, right? Oh, it's like, yeah. yeah, if you could turn and send a six round pick to get Roquan Smith for this year to try to make it a run at a Super Bowl, you absolutely do that, right? Definitely. But somebody's gonna outbid you who wants to make them him part of their future for that defense. And that's the biggest thing because, yeah, he could help you this year if that would be as much of an all-in move that you could have. And salary cap-wise, yes, you can restructure, right? I mean, Arjun Manon on Twitter put out a great piece today about where the Chargers are at and effective cap space next year, which is not a good spot. But they also have one of the top numbers of restructable contracts that they could really move things around a lot, which is why you feel good about Derwin James' deal getting done because that's not included in the negative cap space they're already projected right now. But yes, you can get things done. You can restructure things. But can you restructure things to get Derwin in and a Roquan Smith deal in that extension that's going to, you know, make him the highest paid linebacker in the league? I don't think so. You can only pay so many dudes. You have Joey yeah. Bosa and Khalil Mack and JC Jackson at top of the market deals. You also have Derwin James, probably about to be the highest paid safety in the league, not yeah. even including deals for Corey Lindsley. Deals yeah. for, you know, the other guys on offense like Ian and Allen, Mike, and Mike Williams. Williams, both making yeah. 20 plus million a season. So I just think from not that to aspect, mention Herbie's extention that is, you know, going to be well, let's not even get into year. that, man. We don't even have to think about that. <laughs> yet. Thank God. But yeah. it just it, from that aspect, it just doesn't make a lot of sense as much as, you know, it would help them this year. I just can't send, see them sending assets to not extend him, which wouldn't really fit in their plans right now. Yeah. And like I said, like we were talking before the show, before, you know, we started recording here. 
we don't know what the agents part of this is going to be either. I mean, are the agents going, I mean, cause it's most of the time when players request a trade, the team say, Hey, all right, go, go talk to teams and see what, you know, what you can do, what you can get out of this. And, you know, if the agent can't find a team, you know, with like the chargers who would not be willing to give him a long-term contract, do they even want to bring that to the bears as a possible, you know, trade partner? Probably not right? Because the, the, the agent is working for the player and what's best in the best interest of a 25 year old, all pro linebacker. Of course, he wants to make a lot of money. He is in the prime of his career. And this is the time in the NFL, your shelf life is so short. So you have to take every opportunity you can to bank as much money as possible. So it makes sense as to why Roquan Smith is requesting a trade. Now the bears have not said that they are going to allow him to go out there and get a trade. But if it does happen, it would make sense as to why the Chargers would be interested, but it does not make sense as a move that they would make. Yeah, and I mean, how many players have we seen hold out for yeah. contracts this year, right? Debo Samuel was holding out. Like, all these dudes were holding out at one point, and then they usually end up getting the contracts they're looking for. Yeah, The Bears are a little bit different because it's like, when are they going to be good again? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he just really wants to get out of Chicago. It's not just a money thing, but the money thing yeah, is Yeah, it's a clear one. restructure there. He's yeah. not going to go somewhere where you think, where he doesn't think he's going to get that extension from the team. And I mean, if it's between Derwin James, obviously, and Roquan Smith, that's easy. Not yeah. saying that it is, but I think that where the priority is for the Chargers right now is Derwin James. And I just think that there's no chance... Tom Telesco will pull something like this off. There's a betonline.net bet on it. I'm going to hammer the no on that one. As good as odds <laughs> as the Chargers might be, I would for sure go that direction. But Tom Telesco has also done a lot of things that have surprised me that I never thought he would do this offseason. So yeah. you never know. But I don't think it's likely. I think it's a fun thing to talk about, but I don't think it's very realistic to actually happen for the Chargers. But I do want to talk about some players who stood out at camp this week especially a couple of young defensive backs that are shaking up the depth chart a little bit before getting into that unofficial depth chart for the Chargers that everyone's been freaking out about coming up after this. But I do need to tell you guys that if you do want to go, you know, think Roquan Smith is going to be the thing. Betting season is right around the corner. The best time to bet of the entire year is about to be here. Football season is about to be back. We got preseason games already coming. The only place you should go with all of your bets is betonline.net. It's the only place that I go to place any of my bets. And football season is about to be back. There's nothing like betting on football. It's the best thing to bet on. I'm so excited. BetOnline.net makes everything better, right? It makes baseball, betting on baseball better, betting on golf better, betting on UFC better, especially when football is not around. But the King's coming back, baby, and football is going to be back, and I can't wait for my Sundays with BetOnline, all the fun props, odds, and lines that they have over there because they always make it fun and give you great odds as well. But head on, head over to BetOnline today on your mobile device or your desktop to check out all of the action that is happening at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, David. Well, I do want to talk about a couple of defenders and the latest coming out of Chargers training camp. And thank you to, you know, Daniel Popper and all the guys that are out there putting out all these reports of what's going on. But the biggest play that everyone's been talking about so far from training camp, at least as far as their practice on Tuesday goes, was Jasir Taylor, the rookie sixth-round cornerback that got a pick six off of Justin Herbert. That's something you'll tell your grandkids someday, I think. I mean, that is, even in training camp, a pretty cool thing to do. And doing it on a third down when you're covering Keenan Allen, when the defensive coordinator subs you in at the last second, according to Daniel Barber, that's how it played out. He got his moment in the big time. He got a pick six with it. And now, you know, we kind of been talking about him and Dean Leonard maybe fighting for that final roster spot. It's kind of swung back and forth. Both of them have made big plays 
but it seems like right now both of them are right in the middle of this competition. Did you see your Taylor just take another step towards maybe getting that spot? It's like a big heavyweight fight, man. Just throwing big shots after big <laughs> two shots. Two of the smallest guys on the exactly right? yeah. two of the smallest guys, but they are heavyweights at heart. They're throwing big haymakers left and right, and Jasir Taylor threw a big haymaker here in practice by covering a third down demon, one of the best third down wide receivers in the NFL, and Keenan Allen, and obviously a MVP candidate in Justin Herbert, and getting a pick six. That is crazy awesome for Jasir Taylor. I mean, where he's at right now in his rookie season getting drafted where he knows that he is fighting for his NFL life. Yeah, he got drafted, which is great, but it's a late round pick, man. So you got to make plays. This is a huge one. Obviously, the preseason games are going to be so incredibly important for guys like Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard. But hey, this is a big moment for him and it should be celebrated. Yeah, you're talking about, I mean, yeah, if you're six and seventh round pick, you're not safe, right? We know how loaded this defensive backfield is, and a lot of young guys, right, like Kamon Hall and Tavon Campbell, where are they stacking up right now as guys that have some experience? But neither one of those guys, I mean, you know, is so good that it's unthinkable for yeah. them to lose their spot, right? With yeah. these young guys making plays, it's going to make things a lot tougher, and that's what you want is that competition. But when you were talking about that, and about them trying to make the team, right? It made me think about Josh Palmer today, just saying, like, I just want to make the team, <laughs> right? So like, it's the third round. Get out of here with that. Breakout season on the way. He's like, I Justin mean, Justin Herbert, I, I just PR school. Of, totally. I just think of like T Billy last year, right? Like Tyron Johnson. He's like, well, damn. I mean, Tyron Johnson was here playing real well, catching D balls from Justin Herbert. He was just gone. Like, I don't want that yeah. to be me. And then Josh Palmer, like, waits and like the cut deadline finally happens. He's like, oh, Thank God. Like, I mean, I, I made the team. No. Like there was ever a doubt. Totally. But, I mean, he also got some high praise from the defensive coordinator, Ronaldo Hill, who was calling all the defensive plays because Brandon Staley was at surgery for his son's toe, who had maybe an infection and had to get surgery today, according to Daniel Popper and a couple of different reporters. So Hopefully that best went of well. Luck to the Staley family, of course, our well wishes and thoughts for sure. But – Ronaldo Hill got the reins today, and he had some fun things to say specifically about Shasir Taylor. What he said was this. His growth potential is really high right now. We expect some good things from him. Once those lights come on, we really want to see him perform at a high level because he has the mental and physical to get it done. I'm happy with how he's been performing so far. But another defensive back I want to talk about, David, is JT Woods because he's a guy I think comes in with a lot of expectations. He was the the second highest drafted player for the Chargers this season. Yeah. And also led college football in interceptions last year, has blazing speed, has a quick trigger to get downhill, makes big plays all the time, but seemingly has struggled early on in camp. We weren't hearing a bunch about it. A lot of reports were coming out, you know, he's lined up in the wrong spots. He's not getting to where he needs to be. And that is a process as a young defender. But it does seem like lately, David, he's recently been kind of coming on a little bit. Not that he's going to, you know, play a ton of snaps this year, you know, is going to be a borderline starting safety after those two guys, Dermot James and Nazir Adderley, when they're playing other positions. Maybe we were expecting a little bit too much. It's still nice to see he's coming along as camp goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, D.C. coordinator here, uh, you know, Ronaldo Hill talked about just saying, hey, where he went to college, they didn't really ask him to to really run stop very much. In the much. Big 12. Yeah, yeah in, the, in the Big 12. They didn't, you know, they didn't ask him to stick his head in there and run and run support a lot, but... He said, we're asking him to read his keys, see his key, and then be able to react. He's coming along these last couple of days. He's really progressed. 
He runs with the ones. We're just mixing him in there. We're trying to see if we can speed that development up, just like we're talking about the last time we were out here. So it seems like this is a common theme for just Brandon Staley and Ronaldo Hill as far as philosophies is they want to just pour as much on these players as humanly possible, kind of drown them in the scheme and kind of make them feel like they need to ask these questions because they want to see how much they can absorb. And they yeah. also said, hey, when we get to game time and we get into games, our game plans are going to be more specific as to what we're asking them to do. But us exposing them to everything that we possibly can is going to be able to allow us to test their aptitude and see what they can get done and see what they understand. And then they can try to figure out where the deficiencies lie in that and they can try to correct those as coaches. So, uh, I mean, I, I, it's a it's a different concept we haven't seen here, but it seems like JT Woods, the game is starting to slow down little by little for him, and that's what you want to hear. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I think the other comments from Ronaldo Hill about him were a little bit more interesting to me just because this is what he said in his other comments. At the same time, he has never really had a full offseason to develop. He would go from football into track in college because he's so dang fast. Yeah. So he missed some of that development that you get over there, whether that's in the weight room with the other guys or doing the offseason program. Now he's a football player. He's a National Football League player. He gets offseasons now, but he has to get this time. Even in the downtime, he doesn't have class anymore. He can go over there and get some more work in. That's what we're hoping. That's a, I don't know. I don't know how to take that because that seems a little bit more critical of like, hey, you know, this dude has some work to be done. He doesn't have class he has to go to now. He doesn't have track. He has to be invested in football all the time. And you don't want to read too much into this or, you know, take anything away from his work ethic or anything like that. But it's kind of like, it's like, hey, you have to live football right now. It's not just here when you're on the field. Well, it also could be like, hey, now you can live football. Now you can eat, sleep, and breathe sure. football. And that's going to be your singular focus. This is your job now. You don't have to worry about school. You don't got to worry about track. You are a professional football player now that is your sole focus that's what we need you to be focusing on at all times yeah of course i mean and, and that's what it is but it, you need him to right like yeah. that that's the thing is it's like it's not an option now you know you don't right. get to go skip weight room because you're going off the track yeah. you have to be in here all the time but it just seems i am saying like and that's what we're hoping for like him getting extra work he did also say he's been working with some of the coaches as well to try to get right but it doesn't seem like he's a guy right now just based on these comments it's going to be getting on the field early on in the season right or is yeah you know a sure thing to get on with him it's always been the the preseason right because with yeah. him the biggest question was okay how is he going to get fit in the run game right and that's what he's yeah. talking about with the big 12 you know having to tackling. fit a bunch of runs yeah it was always going to be tackling we were never going to find that out until the preseason so this is still the biggest part of this is still ahead of him and he has a yeah. chance to really show out and make some big plays like we've seen some other players do in the past. But we do have one more second to get into, and we want to talk about the unofficial Chargers depth chart because a lot of people are freaking out about it. There were a couple of things. I think most of it's right, you know, even though yep. it is unofficial. I mean, I think most of it's pretty accurate. But there's a couple we definitely took exception on, so we're going to talk about guys like, what, Brayden Fajoko is going to be like the seventh best defensive tackle. Get out of here with that. We'll talk about the biggest mistakes made on the unofficial depth chart coming up right after this. The Chargers have put out their unofficial depth chart for the first time done by the Chargers communication staff, not by the coaches. I wonder why I even put it out. Yeah. You know, well, they, they have to, you know, yeah, just by league, I mean, league rules before the first like, preseason game, they have to put a depth sure, chart. Sure. I mean, I yeah. get it. It's just like, 
they like specifically to say like the charge communication team and stuff like that. I mean, it just obviously a lot of thought did go into it because most of that is kind of what we're expecting to happen anyways. Yeah. And we're also here to tell you, right. Don't be concerned about, you know, Storm Norton being the starting right tackle. They're doing a lot of ors on there, the right? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> now, I like that, too. You know, it's like Xander Horvath or, or Gabe Neighbors, right? Yeah. And stuff like that. But certain guys didn't get the or, right? But yeah. first things first, though. Take everything you see here with a grain of salt, right? On the Chargers Please. official depth yes. chart. Everything is how you think it would be. You know, the starting offensive line is exactly where you think it'd be. Zion Johnson starting at right guard as a rookie. The, re- the wide receivers, I mean, you can make an argument now, DeAndre Carter over Jalen Guyton for wide receiver for whatever. Those ones aren't as much, but I do think one of the ones, David, where it's very wrong, like I said, was Braden Fehoko being behind Christian Covington on the depth chart because we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but like it just seems like this dude just continues to keep making plays. And Christian Covington, at least from my perspective, the practices I went to, which is not all of them, and what I hear coming out of training camp, I'm not hearing much about Christian Covington. Yeah, every time I read anything, I see Braden Fehoko tackle for loss on this series. You know, Braden Fehoko doing this, Braden Fehoko doing that. And that's when I would say, okay, to me, based on performance-wise, I feel like Braden Fehoko definitely should be on that top six defensive tackles, the guys that we expect to make the team. If I didn't know that the Chargers signed Christian Covington to a $1 million deal earlier this offseason, I would have not known that he was on the <laughs> team right now. That's how quiet his I mean, training camp huge, has been. But- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, obviously, I you know, you can't miss him, right. but he hasn't made a lot of plays at training camp. His name has not been called, and this is the place you want to be noticed. You want to make plays. You want to get those tackles for losses. You want to put your hands up and bat down passes. I haven't heard him do any of those things so far in training camp, but I have heard Braden Fehoko in the you know getting in the background, getting those tackles for loss, making plays, and it's been seemingly seemingly every single day. So that one doesn't make sense for me. I I don't know why they put it that way. That one is clearly wrong. I mean, I think, you know, if this is just the charge communication thing, it's probably just like, okay, well, Christian Covington was here last year and played more than Brady. Yeah, exactly. Right. So we're going to kind of revert back to that in some sense. And I think it was the same thing for like a Larry Roundtree versus Isaiah Spiller. And this is another one, David, where it's not going to be like, I'm excited to see both of these dudes. And later this week, Friday, we'll get into the guys we're most excited to see in our preseason game preview for the first time of the 2022 calendar year very excited about that well at least the first preseason one we did have a january 9th game but you get the point either (laughs) way i mean i think you have the same thing right i mean i think it's like with that where it's like it's not that i know larry roundtree has done bad because when i've seen him it's just kind of been whatever i mean Mm -hmm. nothing flashy nothing different but at least in the case for isaiah spiller the comments have been very, you know, good from the coaching staff and everything like that, especially as far as his pass protection goes, right? And his hands have stood out. Like, you you have yeah. seen some plays. I mean, he had a beautiful play in the scrimmage, over-the-shoulder catch on a scramble play by Easton Stick. He's made an impact so far. So I do think even though, yes, this decision hasn't been made yet, he's not officially the second running back, or in this case, the third running back behind Josh yeah. Kelly and Austin Eckler. I would absolutely have him on my official depth chart above Larry Roundtree. Yeah. I mean, all the practices that we've seen in person and all the notes that we've read, Isaiah Spiller is out there making plays, you know, the hands have showed up, you know, he's running physically, obviously, you know, for the thud tempo that they're, they're going through right now. He, mm-hmm. He's been making plays. Larry Roundtree has not been doing as well. You know, he's had a couple explosive runs here and there that I've read about, but it has been a lot more few and far between on, on his behalf there. So, 
the, the preseason is going to be huge. I, I mean, I, I still think there's a, a lot to be to be found out, to be discovered here with this battle with the, the running backs. But, you know, as far as, you know, what I've seen and what I've read, it seems pretty obvious that Isaiah Spiller has been the one that has been running with the ones and twos uh, a lot more often than Larry Roundtree has. Yeah, I mean, and, and as he should, right? You're trying to see what you have. You at least have one year of tape on Larry Roundtree. Yes. You know at least a little bit about that. Right now, you need to know. And for the Chargers, it's much better off if Isaiah Spiller is in your top three running backs. And I just don't think there's any chance he's not. I mean, he's much closer to Josh Kelly at RB2 than he is to Larry Roundtree at RB4. No I'll doubt. put it that way, at least on my official depth chart. Because, I mean, you have your unofficial depth chart. I have my, you know, top secret official official depth chart. But <laughs> a lot of it's the same. And, that, and that's the thing about this list is just, just like, yeah, I mean, even though it's unofficial, I, this is how we see a lot of it playing out. Yeah, but I do think there is one David where it's worth the conversation. Conversation, and that's Kamon Hall over guys like Dean Leonard and Jasir Taylor. And I'm guessing it's yeah. like that because Kamon Hall was with the team last year, right? These other guys are rookies, so they're coming in as DBs seven and eight in this yeah. equation, right? Behind Tavon Campbell and behind Kamon Hall. While I do think you know with Jasir Taylor getting a pick six off of Justin Herbert with the Dean Leonard and how he's kind of shut some dudes down at times during this camp that they deserve to be in in the conversation for these last couple of spots with Tavon Campbell and with Kamon Hall. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I, I think these, these two uh, young cornerbacks have made plays. They have made strides. It seems like there have been days where they really have showed that they belong here and that uh, they're really trying to fight for a spot, but also come on Hall did get on the field several times for the chargers last year and yep. was a big, you know, special teams contributor. He was a guy that was yeah. a, a big part of that unit. So I think just taking that in, into perspective is the reason why come on Hall was probably on, you know, a, further up on this chart than these two guys, but that can change as well. I mean that he's one of the guys that's going to be fighting for that last DB spot. Come on hall and Jazir Taylor and Dean Leonard are all going to be fighting for that spot. And it's going to be important what they do on the field in preseason games, not only on defense, but on special teams as well. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's going to be so tough because if, mm -hmm. even if we're saying, you know, someone like Tavon Campbell is a lock at five, that yeah. means all three of those dudes are fighting for just that one spot. Yeah, that's really, really tough, right? Somebody is going to have to end up on the practice squad. Somebody's going to have to try to clear waivers. Who is more likely to make that? How much does that play a part in this, right? Which one of yeah. these guys is more likely to clear waivers when they decide to cut down to 53? I think all of that's going to play a factor in it. And I think that, I mean, you want to keep your draft picks, but they do have to go out there and earn it. And it does seem like, I mean, those are two of the guys I've been more impressed with because they're in the same camp as JT Woods, right? They're learning all this stuff for the first time as well. Maybe yep. they come from systems that are more closely, you know, more close to Brain Staley's scheme and things like that. But these guys have come in, picked it up, and with their downs, they've had a lot of ups as well, and they deserve to be in the conversation. What about Jerry Tillery starting, though, David? What, I mean, if we're going to talk about blasphemous things, I know that was one that really made people upset. Even the unofficial version of it made a lot of people upset with Jerry Tillery, and I understand it. I do think that one thing there, right, is it has him above Morgan Fox, but it doesn't seem like anybody's been trying to really, really win that job. I told you I have Braden Fahelko. I mean, having him as low as he is is a shame. But yeah. they always set it up with three interior defensive linemen as well. I don't – I mean, the Chargers don't run a ton of that, first of no. all. At least they didn't last year under Brandon Staley. They're in a lot more 6DB groupings. <laughs> but, yeah. David, I mean, it didn't stop people, though, from being like, Jerry Tillery starting. How could this be when it's like it couldn't be more clear? It's unofficial. I disagree with Jerry Tillery starting 
But, I mean, I do think that it's not like a lot of those guys have really – I mean, who have been the best defensive linemen so far to me have been Sebastian Joseph Day, who's just shown, okay, he's, you know, as he, what we thought he is. As he advertised. Is, he is yes. who we thought he was. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and Austin Johnson, kind of quiet, but that's a quiet position too, right? right. You can yeah, be quiet hey, and you know, take up your double practice. teams, do your job. Sounds good to me. Totally. But the, it does seem like they want a guy like a Jerry Tillery or in the mold of a Jerry Tillery, right, or a Morgan Fox to be that pass rushing defensive tackle. But I just had to mention that just because I know a lot of people are freaking out about it. The one thing we do know is that he will not be sitting out the preseason this year because I am sure that they do not have a clear uh, evaluation on who he is, and that position battle as a whole. So I think we're going to yeah. see quite a bit of Jerry Tillery and Morgan Fox in the preseason, and hopefully we see some separation when the lights are on bright, and it kind of matters. Yeah, I mean, he had a half sack with Chris Rumpf in the scrimmage, right? Yeah, he's getting praise from Brain Steely, having a really, really good practice, even though he, him saying he needs a lot of improvement, right? So <laughs> I think that, you know, there's a lot to be said there, but... What we know is also there's a ton more competition there. Absolutely. Uh, and, and that's what makes things tougher and makes someone like Jerry Tillery more likely to play in the preseason. I mean, I don't know how much you're going to learn about him in the preseason, but I mean, I don't know. It's just such a weird situation. I do think he's still going to get snaps this year. I don't think he's in jeopardy of losing his roster spot. How that defensive line room shakes out, though, is going to be insane. And that is one of the groups that I'll be looking at closely this weekend in the preseason. And I'll have my eyes on you tomorrow, Jerry Tillery, at Chargers Training Camp, because I am going to be going up for Chargers Training Camp on my day off, waking up at 5.30 in the morning to go to it. And it is about to be midnight my time and 2 o'clock David's time in Texas. But we got whatever we got to do. But to make sure you guys get the latest updates coming out of Training Camp, you can follow me on Twitter at DanTalkSports. And check back here tomorrow for our recap of this practice before we get into the preseason coming up. This weekend that I'm stoked for. You can also find David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can find the show's Twitter at LockedOnLAC. But we will be back here with you guys tomorrow getting the latest of Chargers training camp. I'll bring all my observations that I get back from with tomorrow. But thank you guys again for making this your first listen. If you need a second listen, it's fantasy football season. You can make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle that gives the moves that no one else has for you guys to go win your fantasy football championships, hopefully with a lot of chargers on your roster. But to make sure you guys never miss the show, go subscribe to it on YouTube, the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. You can also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. And make sure to rate and review the show as well. If you like the show, we always really appreciate that. You can go onto the voicemail line. We will be trying to get into some of those soon. You can get your game reactions in after the game at 323 323- Five two four seven nine two four. But that's going to do it for today, guys. Be back here tomorrow with my training camp recap of tomorrow's practice. But until then, take it easy and go Bulls.